wah, 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 wah. I don't get it. the end of expanse my name is my name is paul i may be tired uh uh this is fun hi i'm fonda i'm tired too <laughs> great uh so we uh expanse is over as of as of this monday night which we are speaking from um yeah, yeah um uh, and we covered it throughout the weekend um and and we figured we would sort of do sort of a summary today and sort of how we we felt about what we saw and and some of the things that stood out for us. Yeah, yeah, there were some definite highlights that we know we wanted to to chat about. What were some of the highlights that uh, for you, Paul? Oh man, okay. Uh, I think first and foremost, the thing that really emerged as sort of the one of the the most compelling pieces we saw was Hyper, mm-hmm. um, Freya Olufsen's Olufsen's uh, piece, um, which was just such an amazing use of technology. Um, uh, at a level I don't think we've seen before, certainly, um, but integrating it with live uh, live dance and live movement um, and 3D glasses in this particular yeah, case. Yeah, and the use of, like, projection and multiple projectors and live and camera. Yeah. And, like, it was... I, I was chatting with someone in the lobby at one point and they said it was like Robert Lepage but done by one person. Wow. Um, and, yeah, she has these amazing big ideas um, Freya actually was workshopping here in Edmonton a couple years ago, creating this piece um, in a residency mm-hmm. at Latitude 53. And it's um, she's just got this crazy integrated approach, um, very cha- like the ideas are big and challenging, but it's really also easy to watch and very pleasing. So like visually just stunning. Yeah, I found myself really getting lost and just watching um Sort of the the magic that was happening, what felt mm-hmm. like real magic, um, uh, theatrically, um, because because uh, one of the things when we talked to Murray on on the first day, Murray Udis, who who runs the festival, he's the festival producer, um, he talked about uh, trends in the dance he was seeing, and he used the phrase uh, moving from sort of uh, multi media to intermedia, mm-hmm. um, and and artists sort of not only just sort of pulling from other other mediums outside of the comfort zone, but really integrating them. Yeah. Um, and I think that was maybe uh, this is one of the best examples I've seen of really using technology, not just as a side piece, but as integral to to mm-hmm. an artistic practice. Um, yeah. So what happens in Hyper is that it, there's essentially she starts out with a very physical body. You mm-hmm. see the dancer behind the scrim and then each progression of the piece kind of almost it like strips away layers and so the body sort of becomes it, it disintegrates into its different parts like right. skeletal and musculature and right yeah. we start with these sort of outside uh, an app game is the sort of the first thing we see and then mm-hmm. sort of like some technological representations of the body but then yeah as it goes we sort of go layer by layer through the body until we're left with um, uh, a glowing line, a glowing line that's sort of uh, represented. We've actually worked through the body just to what whatever you could interpret as to as find a, the seed. I thought it was. I, I felt like it was like a little piece of energy. Yeah, you know, like yeah. the electrical impulses that are left when you take the everything spirit. else away. It was the soul. 
the Holy it Ghost. Was, it was her soul um, on like a rhythmic gymnastics ribbon that glew in, glowed in black lights. As all <laughs> our souls are and do. Yes. Um, yeah, so so that was probably, I'd, I'd say that was the most immediate um, thing. What, what stood out for you, Fonda? What were, well, what so to go from Freya's piece, which was kind of like very cerebral and, and sort of technological. technological and everything, then you contrast it with the absolute realism and devastation of native girl syndrome right. which we have already seen but mm-hmm. um you know it was new to most of the audience that saw it there and yeah i mean again it was it was different than we saw it i felt like it was a bit more of an immersive experience just the way that uh the sound was done in the space this sure. time and yeah i it, i was still very emotionally f- affected by it the second time Right, so so native girl syndrome, um, uh, effectively in terms of what we see, is sort of these these two characters, um, these two these two women, these two Aboriginal women, uh, who are just sort of damaged, um, is maybe the best way to put it. Um, and we were the the piece sort of forces us to linger in those moments. It's not dance in the sense of presentational movements representing things. We're just sort of given these characters pushing shopping carts filled with, you know, um, crushed cans mm-hmm. around around a stage. And I think it's just um uh, it was just a very brave and powerful piece when we saw it last year, and I think it still retains that sort of urgent power mm-hmm. um, when we see it this year. Yeah, it was great to actually have it come back to Edmonton and have more people see it. So that was great. Another uh, great highlight was the Alberta Grown yeah. Showcase. Four solos, four um, people who came from Edmonton, but maybe don't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to see some voguing <laughs> at oh, the dance festival. Yes. Tony Tran was uh, great and fun. Um, what stood out about that showcase sure. for you? Sure. Uh, I'd say for me, um, well, first off, I guess this is probably the third showcase I've seen as someone who's seen a lot less dance than you. Mm-hmm. But I think the last three years I've seen at least the Alberta showcase in Expanse. And this was by far the strongest across the board. Uh, but I think my favorite um, that sort of emerged was uh, Rebecca Sodden's piece, uh, which uh, sort of just had her um, more doing more face acting than I've ever seen any <laughs> any dancer or maybe actor do. It was called Fabulous Beast. It was choreographed onto her by uh, Davida Monk. Yeah, Davida Monk. Davida yeah. Monk, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and it was sort of this, this representation of sort of... Uh, the study of, of, I'll probably butcher the pronunciation of this, but Japanese uh, Netsuki? Netsuke, yeah. Netsuke, great. Um, and it's sort of like, it was just sort of these fantastical faces, and she was in this sort of warrior dress. And uh, it was just, it felt like this really, uh, it felt different than other dance we've ever seen. It mm-hmm. was so representational of characters and very specific characters mm-hmm. and, and a very specific culture that really came through, I yeah. felt. And this and the choreography was so unique, um, actually very much choreographed right on the face. Like mm. it was mostly facial expressions that were the most noticeable and memorable part. Um, and also she did a really good job, like, you know, thinking about some of those Japanese paintings or figurines with, you know, like the, you know, the frowning yeah, man and things like that. 
like that specificity of the face yeah like you could see these characters on her face Mm. and she's uh, you know she actually had to work out different muscles quite quite a bit to achieve those faces so yeah yeah yeah. so so uh best award for most face acting but also just yeah something Mm -hmm. we haven't seen before i felt i also quite like krista posniak's piece in that same showcase Mm. um it was called prairies one and uh yes it was actually about her grandmother and she i just really liked the work with the fabric and um you know there was there was some really really strong uh calling on ukrainian dance roots in the first part of it which i kind of caught right away and i i enjoyed that and then um you know she kind of progressed all the way through to this um Basically, it was a little table built out of books, um, and she pulled this long, long script thing out of it. And I was just mm, like, the yeah. U- the yeah, the use and the design of uh, of what she was doing and trying to illustrate was was great. And um, I'm interested in seeing what uh, what more she has to come because she does like to um, in the last piece that we saw of hers as well. Um, way back in the fall. Yeah. She does like to call on her sort of like Ukrainian Russian heritage. Um, and yeah, she's, she's just got a really neat sensibility and I quite, I, I, I like to see where the, where Prairies 2 goes next. (laughs) Yeah. And even the, 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 the fourth part of the shorts program, uh, message to an audience. I'm sort of started out, um, by, by design sort of is what maybe felt like, uh, in air quotes that the podcast can't see, a sort of stereotypical dance show. We had a lot of movement. Um, And then it started to sort of invert on that and comment on it. And there was sort of a, it started with a walkie-talkie, sorry. Mm -hmm. It started with someone sort of like the muffled sounds of a walkie-talkie, but then it moved into this movement. And then um, a voice came over uh, uh, and we we sort of heard um, reflections on like, is this coming through to you, audience? And sort of Mm -hmm. this really meta, um, almost postmodern take on dance and look at dance. And in a short form, I thought I, I just found it really compelling and an interesting comment on uh, self-awareness within contemporary dance mm-hmm. about how it's perceived and, and how it can be perceived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was all about like methods of getting the message across mm-hmm. and that kind of like self-reflective moment where she draws in the sand, are you with me? Oh yeah, she spills a little <laughs> bit of sand and then word by word spells, are you with me, question mark. And yeah, then... and it's just like, is the audience really following? And just like actually forcing that out and, and mm-hmm. having that discussion right within the piece was fantastic. Right, so I kind of I kind of love that that sort of the Alberta showcase of shorts sort of had such a uh, a compelling and and varied uh, varied group of of work. So we didn't really talk much about Voking, but from the sort of the the high fashion sensibility of that <laughs> to to deeply personal stories to to um, sort of a, a very unique part of Japanese culture, we sort of had this really wonderful through line of of interesting ideas, and you really didn't know what you were going to get next and. Mm-hmm. Given what you saw each time, you were sort of more and more excited for what you were going to get next. Yeah, and even like after the show, I really did enjoy talking to Tony Tran because getting an explanation of Vogue is, is just, mm-hmm. it was, that was actually one of the funnest podcast parts right. that I had during the festival, I sure. think. Um, so also then the East Meet, one of the really big highlights for me was the East Meets West showcase um, and the parts and labor dance solo mm-hmm. that was in it called Les Chute. Um I have not seen David Albert Toth perform in Edmonton before. This is a dancer that I 
absolutely loved watching. Um, he had a very long body yeah, and very tall, a non-traditional mm -hmm. dance body. Yeah, and just the way that they were able to literally stretch the choreography was um, was really refreshing and interesting. Um, I didn't necessarily see the rhinoceros references to, for to the Ionesco play sure, that yeah, it was yeah. kind of based on, but I I appreciate that 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 was um, you know kind of a, the, a similar journey that he was going on. The character in the piece came mm -hmm. out, and he he was very he was very endearing and charming, and and also just frenetic and weird. Um, I I did quite actually like the character by the end of that piece. I hope I hope someone calls me frenetic and weird one day. That's, <laughs> that's my dream. Um, yeah. So maybe uh, what uh, any overall sort of comments or thoughts about Expanse as as we saw it this year, Fonda? Well, one thing that I kind of was thinking about a little bit, you know, how do we sum up what happened or what was the theme this year? Mm -hmm. um, I think that between um, you know, there's there's these really interesting studies um, about about women and about a lot about heritage too. I mean, Native Girl Syndrome and the Matri or not the uh, uh, Krista Posniak's piece were about grand their grandmothers, the dancers' yeah, grandmothers right, right. or the choreographers' grandmothers. And um, then there was, you know, Kate's Kate Stashko's piece, the Matryoshka series, which is about um, you know women's sort of roles and obligations. Um, and Krista's was about that as well. Mm -hmm. And even to an extent, um, you know, the contract and the idea of you know a woman's body being replacing something um or, or you know filling a need that's you know a desire for something else right. um i think that overall i just noticed that there were a lot of women's voices and kind of really challenging the perception of of women's bodies and how they are seen and hyper did that too right, um right. in a very you know kind of in a technological like, literal layer by layer away yeah, yeah and even in the video work in that project the woman's body falling through the bubbles and, and things sure. like and that and there was actually um mm -hmm. just to jump back to hyper there's a really interesting moment in it where um afreya came on in sort of a, a muscle uh like a like a a morph suit, I guess, maybe mm -hmm. um, like a, a full body suit that was that was the muscle structure of the body. Um, and she was sort of posing uh, briefly sort of like a like a weightlifter might like or a like builder, a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. But then she also put on high heels sort of in mm -hmm. that that role. And that was sort of a really interesting uh, moment of sort of costuming and comment that seemed to be coming through about body and representation and what we're showing and, and sort of why, uh, how and why we do the things we do to represent ourselves these ways. Yeah, so I think, yeah, there was a lot of exploration about about the body and about uh, women's bodies in particular. And so I think that, yeah, that was if I were to kind of like put a theme on it of what I saw or like actually the part Maybe a trend rather than yeah. a theme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have a lot of great strong choreographers in Canada and like uh, there was also just a ton of solo work. Um, um, that was another thing that I kind of noticed. Sure, I think yeah. like Native Girl Syndrome was really the only had duet. Two. Contract had three, mm -hmm. um, but everything else pretty much was solo was work. Was solo. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, especially a lot of young choreographers too doing solo work, um, doing their own solo work. I think Rebecca Sodden was one of the only ones who had a choreographer other than herself doing a solo. Um, or she was performing uh, Davida Monk's work. Mm -hmm. um, but it was choreographed specifically for her. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's the, all sorts of that kind of stuff. What did what were some of the things that you noticed, Paul? Sure, 
sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, absolutely. That was uh, that was part of it. Um, I would say uh, definitely uh, representation of, of women in history, mm. uh, personal history seemed to be coming through. Um, characters really seemed to be something that emerged for me. So dancing, uh, not just as a dancer, but a very specific character, which came in through uh, La Chute, mm -hmm. uh, which came in in Rebecca Sodden's piece. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and I think was also in the Matryoshka series sure. piece with Kate Sashko. There is a there is a definite character there, right. and, yeah. and Native Girl Syndrome as well. And maybe mm -hmm. and maybe that's sort of a just sort of one of the trends um, in dance right now. But it, I find as someone who um, uh, who isn't necessarily drawn to dance as dance as it is, um, I find that as something that does pull me in. Sort of that mm -hmm. gives me something. Again, if it's not a, a narrative story, it still gives me sort of an anchor, sort of a character or something I can recognize um, and then watch how that, that grows and changes and, and how it moves and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. One of my other favorite parts of the festival was actually on the very first night during the Cahoots Cabaret. Oh, yeah. um, they had the the dance exchange there. From um, Washington. Yeah. yeah. Did you Do you remember doing the little dance that they choreographed? Yeah. <laughs> so so they, got the, they got members of the audience to tell uh, very brief stories sort of based on uh, certain prompts and then by watching them as they told those stories, they built a very brief sort of like four moment choreography uh, for everyone in the room to do, mm -hmm. uh, which was sort of, uh, yeah, um, which sounds when I say it out loud, sort of gimmicky, but it felt really authentic and sincere and, and affecting when, when you were doing it and when you were seeing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was this a, a kind of communal moment of like glee and a little mm. bit of like fun just doing these things. And actually, because the the initial um, the initial ask to the audience was to think of a place, a, a space in mm -hmm. that was right, important right. to you. And so actually, you got these very authentic expressions from four people in the audience saying places that were special to them. And that was I think that that brought it to a level where you kind of thought, OK, you know, we're, we can go on this journey, too. And it was it only took took like five minutes, but it was actually just a very special thing. And I thought that it was a great way to kick off the festival. Yeah. Yeah. That was All a right. great way to kick off the festival. And so now we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to go sleep for a couple days. Oh, for like six days. <laughs> Some of us. Um, yeah, but that was that was Expanse. I thought it was uh, 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 maybe the strongest Expanse I've seen in the programming. And I don't know if that just speaks to the selection and sort of who was choosing what programming came in or just sort of the state of dance in Alberta and beyond right now, mm -hmm. but it seems like there's a lot of interesting things happening. Mm -hmm. The programming this year was pretty special, I think, especially the dancers that they were able to bring in um, and the amount of people they were able to bring in. There's been some years of Expanse where I feel like maybe only one or two performers were not from Edmonton. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, the the festival has reached a level in the in in what they're what they're doling out. That's actually great. It's and fantastic to have a good dance festival in Edmonton. Um, we do want to say a really big thank you to everyone who came into the tent and or to the coat check and talked to right. us. A special thank you to the people at Expanse and the Arts Barns. Right, for Murray, us yeah, for Murray, us Julie, Megan, everyone out there. Um, that was, it was fantastic. And um, thank you for building us a tent in the coat check. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. What's coming up? So oh, yeah. Expanse is done. What's on the dance horizon in Edmonton for the next little while? Well, there's 
there's kind of a little bit of a break. I mean, next this weekend coming up, we have Alberta Ballet's um, premiere, uh, world premiere performance of Carmen, choreographed mm-hmm. by Yukichi Hitori, and Forgotten Land, uh, which is another ballet. Mm-hmm. And that's happening March 20th and 21st at the Jubilee. Right. Actually, uh, for View Weekly, my day job, I talked to Yukichi Hitori about that show uh, earlier today. And he talked about sort of um, his interpretation of the character of Carmen and trying to veer away from the the perhaps the more classic uh, version of sort of her as the the seductress and sort of as instead frame her as a woman sort of ahead of her time and sort of trapped by a society that won't let her have her agency. So if that sounds like an interesting interpretation of Carmen, uh, that's a thing you can think about checking out. Neat, neato. Actually, yes, because, you know... Carmen, there's there are ballets about Carmen, and there and are operas, operas and, <laughs> and uh, a book which yeah. started it all. Yeah, so so that w- that should be pretty interesting. Um, next, and then there's a couple of weeks of a, an actual break from dance. Everybody sleep. Of. Yeah, everybody go to bed. Um, City Ballet is presenting a piece called "Don't Look Back," April 18th and 19th at the Tims. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll just say that about that right now probably Um, and then the week following that um, April 25th uh, Le Ballet Jazz in Montreal is going to be at the Jubilee um, presented by Brian Webb and yeah that should also be interesting because they're a fabulous company Great, and they're only playing for one night whoa so get in there people just get in there. Great. All right. Yeah. Also, Mile Zero Dance is doing their artist in residence showcases. You should check it out on their website. I know they have one coming up this Thursday uh, with Kevin Giusuino. And check out their new space in Little Italy. It's quite the sweet spot. Cool. Well. All right, everyone. Thank you for uh, listening. Now, go watch some dance. Goodbye. I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Poblino, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here thinking.